So I was waiting. I think it was it, it was literally my birthday. That's when I was Ooh. supposed to get my acceptance letter. And I would say th- three other kids in my high school also was waiting for their early decision application. And we all had like a group chat. And December 10th rolls by my birthday. And I refresh the page and nothing happens. And I don't see it. And I was like, oh, okay, I have to wait. You know, it's 5 p.m. I'm refreshing, 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. refreshing all night. Nothing has been updated. Nothing for my emails. No mail. I text my friends. I'm like, did you guys get the decision? They're like, oh, yeah, we all got in. So I'm flipping out. So I'm like, oh, my God, I just got rejected from GW. But they don't tell you they reject you. They just don't update you. So I thought that's what's going on. I called the school the next day. And I was like, hey, guys, you know, I was supposed to get a decision. This is the third wave. I know I was supposed to be in that. What's going on? They're like, oh, we'll check it. We'll check it out. You know, we'll call you back. Three days pass, and I'm literally beside myself. I'm, like, hysterical crying. Oh, no. No one's telling me anything. This is my dream school. Hey, college kids. Welcome back to this week's episode on my podcast, Who Cares About College? Today, I'm interviewing Taylor. So, Taylor, could you introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. My name is Taylor Crystal. Uh, I'm from New York. I currently go to George Washington University. I'm an international affairs major, which is probably no surprise. Mm -hmm. And I'm a rising senior. So before we get into, you know, college, and since you are an international studies major, and you obviously have access to DC, that's going to be really interesting to talk about. But let's first talk about your college application. So when did you start thinking about applying to college? Yes, so I had a bit of a unique situation where I went to a very small private school Mm -hmm. where they started preparing us for the SATs in seventh grade. And I took my first SAT because I wasn't eligible or old enough to take it Mm -hmm. in the eighth grade, I believe. So we've been kind of groomed since that early age. We had an extra class dedicated to it at the end of the day. We had professors making us do like on our off time, do practice exams. So I've been pretty much SATs and ACTs, and I've been pretty much groomed at a younger age. Mm -hmm. But um, I would say most seriously, end of sophomore year, beginning junior in high school is when, you know, I cared more. It was less, you know, oh, we just have to do it like now. It's just it's it's very important at that point. Okay, so can you take us through like the progression of your scores, you know, when you took maybe the PSAT when you were eligible and then your first SAT and then if you like took a second one? Yes. Okay. So during my year is when they changed the scoring for the SATs. So it was out of 2,400 when I took it in like the seventh and eighth grade. And then when I took it during like officially like beyond the PSATs, like as an actual exam, it was out of 1,600. But unfortunately, my public school did not give us a warning or didn't really tell us. So when I first took my official like first ever SAT that was going to count potentially towards college, I got 1350 out of 1600. Mm-hmm. But when I had taken the test in the previous years, I had like a 2200. So I was doing really well with it. But I thought I really failed it because I didn't realize there was a new grading system. So I did pretty well, but I didn't know it. I oh, had did a you think attack. you got 1350 out of 2400? Yes, I did. Oh my god. <laughs> yes, Ooh. I did. So I switched over to ACT because I was like, I'm beyond done with SAT, which mm-hmm. I shouldn't have done. Oh, well. But then I took the SA- ACT and the first score I got was like a 24. 
out of, you know, like 34, which was horrendous. Um, but my mom got me a tutor and I took it three more times after that over like a whole year period. And I ended up with a 29, which was, you know, as good as it was going to get for me. And, and by the time I took my last exam, I was over it, but it was a process. It took years and, you know, mm -hmm. it wasn't necessarily your knowledge. It was just, you know, what I learned from taking the SAT and ACT, it's not actually what you know and how well you can do math. Like everyone has their own abilities in that, but it's like reading the question right, picking, yeah, it, yeah. picking it out, dissecting it, and then having like that critical thinking skills rather than just being like, I have this flash back knowledge, mm, okay. so to speak. So 29 was the score you submitted to all the schools you applied to? Yes. Okay, so, and you took both the SAT and ACT, so can you just give us like a quick summary of what the differences are and who you would recommend the SAT to versus the ACT? Because it doesn't seem that different to me, but people are like, oh, I prefer the SAT or I prefer the ACT. So what are the differences? Okay, so first things first, with the SAT, you have, I believe, less sections because I think it's like reading comprehension, math, then I think it's just that, that general English. You know, it's been such a long time, but I know yeah. the SAT, ACT includes a science portion. I see, okay. So the science portion... Um, you still have the same amount of time, but you have more than like, instead of four sections, you have five. So you have less time per section mm -hmm. and more sections. And then the science section isn't actually about your knowledge for science. It's also just an additional reading comprehension with like scientific jargon. So that's, I think the biggest difference is less time per section and just an additional reading comprehension slash, you know, I mean, you do need to know like what a cell is, but okay. outside of that, you know, that's what it is. So basically, the science portion of the ACT or just SAT and ACT in general, just test your ability to read a question and answer it? Absolutely. Okay, so 29 was the score you submitted and you didn't submit your SAT score, right? I did not. Okay. So let's move on to another part of your transcript, your, let's call this like APs, honors, and your GPA. So can you give us a summary of, you know, the classes you took in freshman year, sophomore year, junior year, and senior year, and tell us when you started taking more rigorous courses, and how many APs did you end up taking? You know, what was the general score you got? Okay, so I would say sophomore year of high school is where I really started taking APs, like AP World. AP Lit, AP Lang, AP Physics, AP Bio, mm -hmm. AP all the histories. I think it was world history and then like US history. I took probably six or seven, eight maybe. But unfortunately, as many as I got actually transferred. I mean, I think I got mostly fours and five on the AP Lang. But then for my science and math APs, I got threes because I was never very strong in science or math. Mm -hmm. So the only ones that I could have transferred was like my AP U.S. History, my AP Human Geography, and then all of my English courses. But GW has a very specific English program called UW. So they won't allow you to transfer over any of your AP English credits, regardless of your score. So I only ended up getting two of my APs transferred out of like the six or eight I took. Okay, so transferring those I mean you didn't transfer many APs but they were at least some so what difference did that make in the courses you selected at GW honestly none none it, so, did, it didn't really make a difference is there really a point in transferring like I, I understand the point in taking APs for like the rigor and stuff but is there really a point in transferring your credits 
my personal experience is a no, but because of my major, all of I got to opt out of certain classes, but the thing is you just have to take a higher level class anyway. So you're pretty much just taking the course again in a different, you know, instead of 100 or 1000 levels, you're taking a 2000 level because they require you to do the basic and then a more advanced of the same thing. I see. Okay. So kind of like in college, you deepen your understanding of stuff that you already learned in high school. Yes. But if you're into science and you're in math or you're in STEM and you can get out of, if you can like test out and place out of some beginner courses, it can be helpful because you don't have to take stats six times. Oh, I see. Okay. So I don't know the exact number of APs that GW students have when they come in, but do you think you were at the average or above average? Because I'm sure you weren't below average. I think I was at the average. At the average? Okay. Um, I think I'm actually a little bit below average. Really? Yes, I actually do. Because a lot of my, I have, well, some of my friend group, they did pretty well on their math and science. So they had like a full semester's worth of Mm -hmm. transfer credits while I had like half a semester's worth because of the English that I focused on versus like my actual AP math, like physics, bio, calc. So I think I was a little bit below average because people had a little bit more wiggle room in their schedule and I did not. So let's see, let's move on to your extracurriculars. So give us a, well, actually, no, give us all your extracurriculars, either outside of high school or in high school. Okay, so in high school, um, especially, say, the last three years of high school, I wanted to be very involved, mostly because I know schools look for a well-rounded student. So Mm -hmm. I was in like the musical, I was in prom committee, we had something called Vintage, which is like a, a paper that we submit of like poems and short stories and essays. I was in something called, it was like the environmental club that I was a part of, I was a part of track. And then outside of school, I did for about a year and a half volunteering at something called North Shore Animal League, which was a like a shelter mm-hmm. for animals and like dogs and cats and whatnot that I did on the weekends. I don't know. I think I might have mentioned prompt committee, but, yeah. you know, like I tried to get involved and with as much as I could that wouldn't, you know, kill me. So in all those extracurriculars that you did, were there any that you were super dedicated to? Like, for example, you said track. So did you do that like all four years and end up making the varsity team? Or were you, I don't know, in prom committee, were you like one of the I don't know how prom committee works, but were you one of like the top people in it? So what extracurricular kind of stood out the most? I would say definitely track. So I came into public high school, sophomore year of, of you know, high school. But mm-hmm. um, before that, I was in private school. So I really, you know, for those three years, I was involved in all of those. But I'd say track, I was the most dedicated because I was daily. And then I did make the varsity team. I mean, those meets would go like twice a week till like midnight. So I tried to be as on top of that as I could. And then I would say the environmental club was the second thing I was the most involved in. Did you end up, just curious, did you end up doing track when you went to high school, uh, college? I did not. So I did track just for, you know, basic health. I was never anything, I wasn't the top of the pack. I was just a sprinter and I just enjoyed it because I had a good group of friends and it was a good way to stay healthy and it was good to look on the resume. <laughs> I see, Good. So let's see, a few more components of your transcript, your high school transcript. So what did, who did you get your recommendation letters from, other than your guidance counselor? I got, I had three other recommendations. I had one for my uh, calculus teacher, mm-hmm. um, just because not necessarily 
for calculus, but she, she, we we had a very nice connection. Like we were we were pretty like we knew a lot about each other, and she liked me. Mm-hmm. And then I did it for my Spanish well, not professor, my Spanish teacher, because you know GW is a you need a language requirement, and I was going to go into Spanish. And we also happened to she also happened to like me. I was a good student, so I used her. And then I had an internship during my sen- right before my senior year of high school. So I had my boss write my last recommendation letter. Oh, that's interesting. So would you recommend if your school, the colleges you're applying to, if those colleges say that you can submit another recommendation letter other than, you know, core class teachers, which I think a lot, most colleges want, would you recommend doing that? Absolutely. If you have that opportunity, I don't see why not. It can only help. It wouldn't hurt. I see. So you think that your boss said stuff about, you know, a good work ethic, how you're like maybe always on time or something? Well, I hope so, considering I did try to be on time. Um, He agreed to it. And I mean, I didn't see it. I'm not allowed to see it. But he must have said something right because I got into school. Good. Okay. So if you're comfortable with sharing, can you tell us a bit about what you wrote your common app about? Your common app essay about? Yeah, not a problem. Okay, so also a little bit different from usual. I'm adopted from Russia. So I definitely put in my theme for my college essay was adaptability. And I pretty much wrote a letter to like my future self kind of situation where I'm like, I've come from a foreign country when I was and I was adopted when I was four. So I had, you know, no language experience with English. I didn't know mm-hmm. these people I was going to a foreign country. So I was like, I can adopt, adapt to that. My parents got divorced. I adapted to that. I've been to a million different schools. I was in and out of private school my entire childhood. I went to like five schools, I adapted to that. And I was like, if you can handle that, Taylor, you can handle anything. And this is why I'm a good candidate for school. Okay. So I'm just curious here. Is that kind of why you chose international studies? Yes, actually, it is. Okay, good. Yeah, I thought so. So let's see, what about your more supplemental essays? Let's target specifically GW because that is the school you got accepted into and you are attending right now. So what did you write for your GW supplemental essays? Okay, so for my supplemental essay, sophomore year when I actually transferred to public school, I, I got very sick. And I had been attacked, like my immune system was really bad and I was attacked by a lot of viruses and I had very bad grades. So my supplemental essay, I wrote about how, like, through it all, when, like, all hope was lost, my mom was my anchor, and she got me through it, and she kept pushing me, and she also, like, saw the best of me, mm-hmm. and she's, like, my hero, and, like, that was someone I aspire to be. Mm-hmm. So my supplemental essay was about my mom, and also trying to explain, like, hey, if you see a C in my second year in high school, that's why. Yeah, okay, so that's actually a thing I'm curious about. So how did that exactly affect your GPA? Um, It definitely brought my GPA down. You know, I think I could have done, I mean, my GPA in total when I graduated was a 3.8, but that's because when I say I slaved away for the next two years, I slaved away. Like I wouldn't let myself go out ever. Like I had no life. Like my social circle was pitiful, but I knew I had to make up for, for the damage I did from sophomore year. Luckily, I've recovered since then, and I've been able to work that hard. But, you know, it was, a, it was like, a, it was, the game was, it was a long run, you know. I see. That's very nothing. admirable. So yeah. you were sick your, like, entire sophomore year? Yeah, I had around, like, 40 absences because I was in and out of, like, inte- like uh, what's it called? 
when you go to urgent care or like I would have to go into the city. I lived in New York, so I went into Manhattan for a lot of testing. Mm -hmm. They wanted to keep me there. So I missed a lot of school. I see. Okay. Well, it's good that you jumped back. So your unweighted GPA was a 3.8. What was your weighted GPA? I want to say 4.0, 4.1. I have another question about a supplemental. Does GW require a YGW supplemental? I believe so. Yes. So what do you think uh, you wrote on that one? I don't. I think I only ended up writing one supplemental. So I think that the supplemental was about, you know, how I was ill during that time. And my mom got me through it. And then it paid off because I worked hard and got better grades the following years. Interesting. So does GW not require you to write multiple supplementals? Do you get to, like, choose? I think you um, I think what, it's optional if you... I either wrote two supplementals and I don't remember one, or you only required to do one and you could do more if you choose. That's very interesting. Okay, because that, that's and they only have like if they require you to do one, that's interesting because other schools require you to do like a bunch. So that's why like I hear a lot of people saying you know they're so stressed out about the college application process because they have all of these supplementals to write. So that's interesting. Yeah, I mean they they gave you a list of questions like mm-hmm. prompts and then you follow that prompt as best as you could. I think there might have been smaller questions, but I know there was like one essay that was like 500 words. Oh, okay. I see. So like a kind of bigger, bigger essay. I see. Okay. So let's talk about the colleges you applied to in general, whether you got accepted, deferred, or uh, rejected from. Okay. So I ended up doing early decision for GW, but I sent out other applications. So I sent out to NYU. I did Miami just because my mom wanted me to be in Florida, which I didn't really. It wasn't my passion. Mm-hmm. I tried to do San Diego, San Francisco, um, Bryant in Rhode Island because they actually have a pretty good international relations major. I'm trying to think where else. I know how to few. Um, Maryland I applied to. Oh, UMD? Yes. I see. Okay. Um, and I think that's all. I didn't have two. two um, yeah, that's all. Okay, so... One quick question before we talk about, you know, your acceptances and stuff. Did you get to tour any of these colleges before you actually decided to apply to them? I toured all of the ones on the East Coast, except mm-hmm. GW, actually, because GW was under construction and they oh, didn't have tours okay. when we were going. So I completely was like, I know it's in a city, I'll be happy. So I actually never saw GW before I even got in. My first time seeing it was during orientation. Yeah, I didn't get to go to the ones in California. So how did you decide on the ones in California and, you know, ultimately GW if you weren't able to see them? So but before I decided going into IA, I was considering business. So mm-hmm. San Francisco and San Diego. So I applied to like schools that had both or some that had stronger business than IA. And whichever I decided going into is which major I would have pursued. So the ones in California were like heavily had pretty good business programs. And I definitely, you know, I love California. I haven't, yeah. you know, I didn't see the schools, but I, I did love, uh, I do love the state. So I was like, I would really consider it. Um, I looked at tuition. I looked at, you know, what was realistic for me with my GPA, with my ACT. Some of them I applied to that were SAT, ACT optional. Oh, um, okay. So I that see. was actually a leading force. And then you have, what's that thing that you can use where you can, it's a program that people, that, like you put your college application through. And it, you can put in like your GPA and then you can put in your ACT or SAT scores and then type in whatever school you're looking at and see if you have like a 
somewhat decent chance at getting in. I know Prep Scholar has that. You don't have to necessarily type it in, but if you search up like Prep Scholar and specifically a school like NYU or something, you can, and their stats like average ACT, average SAT for NYU, you can scroll down and then you can adjust your own stats and then it tells you what the acceptance rate is. So it like starts with the average, which is, and the acceptance rate will be like, you know, the actual overall acceptance rate. And then based on that, you can move it and see. Yeah. So I use things like that when I was applying for schools, because I'm like, I'm not going to spend $70 just to know I'm not yeah, going yeah, anywhere yeah. with that. I tried to be as realistic and humble as possible. So did you find it kind of like annoying to, this is not college related really, but did you find it annoying to pay for like all of this? You know, you have to pay for your AP test. You have to pay for the college applications. Did you find it kind of limiting and restricting? I did find it annoying and I felt bad for my mom because, yeah, um, you know, she's, yeah, she's paying and she's a single parent. So she's just absolutely financially supporting me through it all. Mm-hmm. So I felt it felt a little hard and we're in that bracket where we just you're we're just cut off where they're like we're not gonna waive your fee. But you know, oh, we're not okay. there where we're like, Oh, easy, ten hundred colleges, let's apply, not a problem. Yeah, I'm so, kinda worried for that because I plan to take a lot of APs and I know that's gonna cost so much. Yeah. <sighs> it's it it does. And th- it, that's the hardest part, I think. It's you know, everything it's a corporation, all of this is just big businesses yeah. that are just, you know, shrouded in education and doing what's best for you but i think you know in this future pretty sure acts and sats are not going to be a thing anymore i hope so (laughs) (laughs) i hope so too like that was an unnecessary amount of work and stress on top of just you know high school high school was brutal it's hard yeah i'm not sure about like the sat and act like my opinion on it but it's it's just kind of you know how to read a question can you think like the people who made the test for you Oh, yeah, Yeah, absolutely. You're not actually testing your knowledge of anything. It's just testing your ability to take a test half decently. Yeah, I see. Okay. I've I've walked away and retained no new knowledge from that. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure. And I took the PSAT and it was kind of like a breeze for me. And then I realized how many stupid mistakes I made on there. And I was like, good Lord, please. (laughs) Oh, I get that. Yeah. Okay. So let's go back to your colleges. Which ones did you get? When you said you applied ED, so when you got accepted into GW, did you have to pull out all your other applications? So no, I, ED, like early decision, mm-hmm. I just meaning you don't have to pull out your applications. You just can't, if you get in somewhere else, you just can't accept that offer. Okay, yeah. I see. So I didn't pull any of my applications and I just, because I did, if I didn't, ED, obviously I can only do it to one school, but I did early action for others. So my whole philosophy is when people start applying regular decision in like je- like December, November, maybe January, I want them to be done with that. So I got everything in by early October. I oh, see. So you wanted to like chill the rest of your senior year? Yeah, mostly because I knew I had to make up, t- you know, for lost time and, you know, work hard my grades. And I know how long application processes take. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to knock that out have my applications in and focus on getting good grades because I know colleges do look at your senior year. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've, I When I was at, I think it was Notre Dame, and they were talking about, like, you know, you send your application, then you finish with your senior year. If your senior year application, like the second semester of senior, if your transcript sucks, then they can rescind your application on Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And I've seen it happen. I went to a uh, a small public school that was predominantly wealthy, so... There were kids, you know, kids having Mercedes as their first car pulling up. Like, it was that kind of school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And there have been some kids who got into, I mean, pretty good schools, I would say. I mean, one kid got into Emory, which no oh, offense that's good. to him. I don't know how. Um, uh, but he got kicked out. He got his application was rescinded because he got like three D's in a row. Ooh. Yeah. And he just completely didn't care. And he had a took it. I think he took a gap year and then like reapplied. I see. Okay. Watch out, kids. They still look at your senior year. Yeah. Painful. Yeah. Okay. So I assume you got accepted into GW. So how did you feel when you got accepted? Okay. So my acceptance, like that whole story is kind of a wild ride. So strap in a second. I will. So ED, when you do early decision, you get your answer by late November, early December. So it comes in waves. You have three waves of acceptance. Wave one is like the earliest and, you know, it goes chronologically. And I was told I'd be in wave three. So I was waiting. I think it was it, it was literally my birthday. That's when Ooh. I was supposed to get my acceptance letter. And I would say th- three other kids in my high school also was waiting for their early decision application. And we all had like a group chat. And December 10th rolls by my birthday. And I refresh the page and nothing happens. And I don't see it. And I was like, oh, okay, I have to wait. You know, it's 5 p.m. I'm refreshing, 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. refreshing all night. Nothing has been updated. Nothing for my emails, no mail. I text my friends. I'm like, did you guys get the decision? They're like, oh, yeah, we all got in. So I'm Ooh. flipping out. So I'm like, oh, my God, I just got rejected from GW. But they don't tell you they reject you. They just don't update you. So I thought that's what's going on. I called the school the next day and I was like, hey, guys, you know, I was supposed to get a decision. This is the third wave. I know I was supposed to be in that what's going on? They're like, Oh, we'll check it. We'll check it out. You know, we'll call you back. Three days pass. And I'm literally beside myself. I'm like hysterical crying. Oh, no. no one's telling me anything. This is my dream school. Just beside myself. And everyone was asking me like, did you get in? I'm like, I don't know. And they'd be like, Oh, I'm sorry, sweetie. It's like, no, literally, I just don't know yet. <laughs> they were like, Oh, it's okay. There are other places for you. I'm like, okay. Did you get accepted into other schools though? Cause you said you applied early for basically everything. Yeah, but GW was the first one that I actually heard back from. Uh, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so I was—I had no idea. So about three days later, I got a phone call from the dean of students. And he was like, oh, hi, we just wanted to apologize. Apparently, you're the only person in the tri-state area who had a technological difficulties with their acceptance process. But we just wanted to personally welcome you to GW. Raise hi. Congratulations. And I was just, you know, emotionally drained. And I was like, thank you so much. It was like a 6 p.m. And I went to bed. (laughs) Yeah, I bet. Oh, my God. I was just absolutely distraught. But I was thrilled. Um, But here's the thing. They only told me I got into GW. I also applied for the Elliott School because that's a separate application as well. Yeah. So that's a a school within GW. And they didn't tell me I got into the Elliott School. So I was like, darn, I'll have to apply once I'm in freshman year. And then, like... Over the holiday, over like Christmas break, that was like the 27th, then I finally got the email saying, oh, welcome to the Elliott School. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Good. <laughs> oh you got God. like kind of a birthday present and a Christmas present. I did, but I was like, oh man, I hope this entire school isn't run like this. I hope this is going to be the last time I have this kind of issue. That's amazing. You're like the only person that got, I mean, this happened to only you, right? Damn. Yeah, yeah I would have been. I know of. Yeah, I would have <laughs> been like a mess too if it was my dream school and distraught I can't even, I was hysterical crying every single day it was so bad my mom 
my mom, my guidance counselor, my principal, they were all on the phone with GW and they're like, how dare you let this happen to a student? You can check her records right now. And they're like, sorry, we can't authorize. I was like, she's been waiting for three days and she has no idea. How do you treat students like this? Like everyone was going off. Thank well, God. Is your GW experience, do you forgive GW for that? I forgive GW for that. I mean, you know, every school has their challenges. Um, yeah. GW certainly does. But I, I've, you know, the city, the professors, and the people I've met, some of them, um, are phenomenal. So, you know, I definitely don't regret it. Yeah. That wraps up part one of my interview with Taylor. Part two will be coming out very soon, so make sure you subscribe so you'll get the notification when that comes out. But other than that, I'll see you guys then. (laughs) 